Welcome, everyone, to the Go Long Podcast. This is Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monis. Jim, it's been a bit. How in the hell you doing? It's Labor Day. Did you celebrate? Did you fit in any fantasy drafts? What's happening in your world? Happy Labor Day. And for fantasy drafts, I just real quick, fantasy drafts, it's just like your brackets in March. That's for families and office pools only. Um, that is not something I'm into. That's a just that keep that in your family and your office and don't talk about it in public. Bad look. I like um, it. I'm, I'm Wait, with you don't uh, that's hear kind people's of a, yeah. fantasy advice and how, how they fared over the weekend. You don't want that kind of breakdown. Right. Right. <laughs> Can't everybody has three quarters. It's on you could lose your mind hearing about people's fantasy teams. That being said, it's still some there is some fun to fantasy. I'm not against it, just not my thing. But Tyler, I have a question for you because we have been off. College football has started and we we have been craving just real football, right? NFL preseason, we'll talk about it soon enough. But it was so fun to see games that matter every time, you know, it's just that time of year. Something that I can't understand and I need all coaches that are listening to our podcast, somebody just help me out. If you're down 42 to nothing in the fourth quarter, if you're down yeah, 56 if you're down 56 nothing in the fourth quarter, what does the field goal do for you to lose 56 to 3? 42 to 3. That's my question, Tyler. I just need an answer. What's your best guess? You know, it's crazy that we didn't even talk about this before we uh, dinged record, Jim, because. I was on the treadmill at the gym. Thankfully, the uh, older fella who loves to douse himself in cologne that we've mentioned right, before, right, right. he was not on the treadmill next to me. So I was able to function and and breathe while trying to uh, break even. It's not even a workout. You go on the treadmill for a few miles. You're just trying to break even on the day. Oh. But it was Navy and Notre Dame. Oh, oh in it was. Ireland. That's yeah, the game. Right? right? right. Yeah. So. 42 to nothing. Um, it's on NBC. So I think, uh, you know, there's a Simon Cowell ad for whatever singing show he's up to now. Looked like his face was just, you know, dumped into a bucket of makeup. So I'm, I'm a little thrown off at that point. Like what's going on here? A little too much Simon Cowell eyeliner. And then, yeah, Navy just trots out there for uh, a field goal attempt. Four minutes left, down 42 nothing. You got to slice the deficit to 39. Maybe they're thinking, you know, three or four onside kicks, um, a little voodoo, maybe an injury or two. Maybe Tom Brady decides to come out of retirement and can break a few rules to play for you, and you're right back in it. So totally get – no, that was insane. I, I don't understand it. I would okay. love to know. I mean, is is it gambling? Should, should we be conspiracy theorists here and, and think no. that something's up? And, and like, you what, know, but why? You know why I kick don't. the field goal? There you go. I don't believe it's gambling, but the gambler in me can't figure it out. Because to your point with Navy, that touchdown mattered. The total was 48 and a half, 49, depending. That a touchdown there does a lot for people. Now, I don't believe they know anything like that, especially Navy, no way. Like they're not paying attention to that. And nobody's calculated. You can't predict and script. I know that's a big thing. You can't really script games. That's it's just not possible. So 
it's just the amazement of gambling, how the gamblers look at that was such just why, why, why. But in reality, it doesn't matter. The coach has every right. He can say he wants, here's my guess. He's going to say two things. One, if he if he tells you it's for he doesn't want to get shut out, I, I think you should look for a new coach. That that is that is about as weak of an excuse, or I, I can't think of a player. Look, we've all gotten beat before. Okay. I can tell you if, if when we were getting beat, that field goal at the end, I, that wouldn't help me that night. Like it, you lose, you lose. By I don't care if you lose by 40, by three, it hurts. So I'd, I'd move on from that coach if that's what he if he said. Now, the other excuse he might give, he wants to work on the special teams, the operations. And if they say that, I'm going to cringe because, okay, I'll give it to you, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. All right. I'm, I'm kind of mad to get at that myself. Off. I, I wanted to, to listen off. to the press conference for the coach. I don't even know who their coach is. Afterward, we should really look it up. Maybe there's a listener out there who did catch the reasoning because I I would hope that he was asked about this because nothing else in that game really mattered. Like the psychology behind the field goal attempt down 42, nothing with four minutes to go. You know, you're getting your face beat in, you're getting curb stomped. What what, do do you want to like come up for air for a few seconds? Like it just at least try to win you know, it's it's kind of apples and oranges, but it did kind of remind me of the AFC Championship game a few years ago when Mahomes and the Chiefs are just moving the ball at will against Buffalo. The Bills drive the length of the field at the end of the first half and chip shot field goal to go into halftime down, what, 21 to 9, something like that. It's We're fans of the killer instinct on this show. We'll just say that. We want you, we want you to try to win the game. And to the extreme, that was not winning the game. You know what did stand out to me, though, Jim? And I'm not really anti-college football. I enjoy it. You know, if it's on, I'll watch it. And I'm wearing a Syracuse shirt because they took it to Colgate, 65 to nothing. You know, that's a that's a victory worth celebrating. They, hey, they <laughs> all covered. the blowouts. The blowouts. Um, I don't know. It's just like all of these uh, Power 5. I don't even know what a Power 5 school is anymore with all the realignment, but all of these blowouts, it's just, it makes me miss the NFL because you're going to get close games. It feels like every single pro football game is they decided matter. by two or three plays. It, there's, it, I agree. It it takes you right away. As excited as I was just for football that matters, quote, it makes you just want the NFL more. It, it's it's just, it's no way else to say it. it it's, it's a track meet. It's hard college football, like you said. Half the games are unwatchable because it's not even a game. The other games you don't really need to watch until the fourth quarter anyway. It's just a track meet. You know, I, it's tough. It's tough for me to – I don't love I don't love watching college football. I don't. <laughs> I can't – it's just I love the NFL, though. Like, love watching the NFL. And it's here, baby. It is NFL game week. The Detroit Lions – will face off against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday. I don't even know where to start, Jim. I'm really excited. You know, six and a half months of sitting here on the podcast or in front of my laptop writing stories about, you know, 
the reason I, one reason I do love the NFL too over anything else, it is the other stuff. It's the drama. It's the draft. It's free agency. It's player movement. It, it's all the other stuff, but let's be real. Like uh, there, there's a lot of dead air that needs to be filled for six and a half months. And a lot of the times the storylines that can kind of whip around the cr- country and, and take off, it should be more of a footnote. So I'm so glad that we have substantive games to discuss Hey, let's turn this into a season preview episode. Let's just kind of take it division by division. What stands out to you? A team, a player, a narrative. And I think the the theme of this, Jim, is probably going to be what teams can realistically win the Super Bowl outside of the expected core, you know, four or five teams, right? Everybody's going to be spewing the predictions this week. A lot Mm. of Chiefs, a lot of Bills. A lot of Eagles, a lot of 49ers, Bengals. Is there another team? I've got a few in mind, one of which I'll, I'll probably take in our predictions. You know, who should kind of nudge their way into that group? Because somebody will. Somebody always does. And what better way to start this podcast, Jim, than the uh, Euro division? Let's go, let's go right to the AFC East. Um, Buffalo Bills come up quite often on this show, justifiably so, because we live here in Western New York. Two ways to look at this team, okay? And I I think I know where you lie. They're banging on the door. They're bound to bust it open, get to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. You've got the star power, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Von Miller. You can outscore anybody. Lord, if they got some playoff games at home, the second time around, I, I'd be shocked if they lay the kind of egg they did against Cincinnati. Or you look at this team through a different lens. It's, wow, these, these drafts have been subpar. It's catching up to them. They just offloaded Boogie Basham to the New York Giants and Joe Shane, who drafted him originally. But AJ Epinesa hasn't given you a lot. Kyrie Elam isn't even starting. He's a first-round pick. Some mediocre drafts adding up. Von Miller's going to be eased back. Stephon Diggs is a little unhappy. Josh Allen's being told to kneel or get out of bounds more, not be himself. The offensive line, the right side of the line, we got into it on our last show. There's some concerns there. Inside linebacker next to Matt Milano. Nobody stepped up and took that job. They're, they're, They're signing Christian Kirksey out the street. There's enough holes on this roster that you can at least send your mind to a pretty dark place. If you're a bills fan and see that the dolphins, you know, they, they they still have a bunch of four by one track stars all over the field and Vic fans. You'll run to the defense and Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Phillips. I think he'll be up for defensive player of the year. He's a stud. You can start to get a little concerned in that division. And Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is a New York jet. Bill Belichick is always going to, not always, you know, the bills have kind of had their way with Belichick. So maybe I'll stop myself short on that one, but the greatest coach of all time is still in your division. You could, you could also see the bills going 500 and struggling. Um, how do you see the 2023 Buffalo bills? Because it, it, the variance on this team, it, it may be a little wider than what we thought. So you just kind of was like a little gut punch right there to me with the bills um i'm pretty all in 
let's go with our window of opportunity for Buffalo. We talk about it every podcast, I feel like. I officially do feel like the window is closing on the defensive side of the football for the Buffalo Bills. I think this is their last chance with this core unit of players, the Von Miller, the safeties, Hyde Poyer, Trey White coming back. They moved on from Edmonds. This is their new core unit as far as this is our one shot with where we're at age-wise, contract-wise on defense. They have to get it done, Tyler, on defense this year. And that's on the head coach. He's taken that on himself. There is no excuse for Sean McDermott, who is personally, you know, he will tell you his baby is the defense. He has to battle Tua, who he knows. Mac Jones, he's not concerned about. I promise you he's not. Not that you can't, you have to show up. I mean, that offense is going to be tough with O'Brien. They're going to be tough because they're going to have, O'Brien's offenses are always tough. But you have to beat, you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers. I'm with you on the Jets. I'm not buying in. This is on, this is your last shot, Sean McDermott. You have your franchise quarterback. The offense is loaded and ready to go. You've taken over the defense. Results have to be win the division and get to the Super Bowl. And Tyler, not only do I think they'll win the division, and I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. I don't care how they do it. Win the division, get to the playoffs. We already talked about that. Their season starts in the playoffs. I'm 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 picking the Bills to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl this year. I feel good about it. I think this is their shot. I think they know it. I think this team changes after this season. Your thoughts? That's one hell of a dissection. I hadn't really thought of the defense you know in those terms because it's so true that you've ha- you've got five six drafts now that a defensive coach has kind of wrapped his arms around and mo- tried to mold himself and it's been really really good in the regular season right the rankings are going to look solid every year they get into the playoffs and the Mahomeses and the Burrows even go back to Deshaun Watson I mean they erased a 16 to nothing deficit to be Buffalo in that wild card game. Like when it matters most, this defense isn't built for that moment, right? Even the 13 seconds game, we spend so much time discussing coin flips and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going back and forth and Gabe Davis's touchdowns. Like this is a defensive head coach seeing his defense get absolutely embarrassed. I mean, they could not stop anything including that overtime when Andy Reid just toyed with his former, what is gopher, I guess, right? Sean McDermott was his gopher at one point. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's about the playoffs. So I'm going to give Sean McDermott that. There's, there's no more scapegoating. There's no more finger pointing. He's pointed at himself, which is refreshing. However, this defense performs this year, it's on him. There's no more guesswork. No more who's calling the plays. Who's responsible for what? At what point did he kind of insert himself into the play calling during games, which I guarantee you that's happening. Anybody out there who just thinks Leslie Frazier's calling a defense 75 of 75 plays, right? I've got uh, <laughs> I've got some real estate up in Antarctica. Up in Antarctica. Down in Antarctica. Jesus, Jim. We got to pick these podcasts up to sell you. Uh, it's, it's his defense. It's his defense. 
my point being, I give him credit. Like now we know it's, 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 it's his reputation on the line and it's going to be difficult because Tremaine Edmonds is gone. Not the biggest Tremaine Edmonds advocate myself, but at the same time to just kind of parachute this six, five athletic freak into your pass coverage. It was, he was a weapon. I mean, his arms, he could just take away passing windows in, in ways that maybe it, it did kind of go underappreciated. If they pull this off, then you, you have to consider him one of the better defensive minds in football. I, I just have my doubts in that moment, in that playoff moment, because we haven't seen it. Right? They, I think they, they'll look good in the regular season overall. They'll probably be a top 10, top 12 defense, force some turnovers. But what happens in the playoffs when you've got Trevor Lawrence coming on in Jacksonville? Mahomes isn't going anywhere. We'll, we'll talk about Miami. I, I think it gets a little more difficult in that moment for whatever reason for this head coach and this defense. Um, but it is it is a one last run because I think – let's not write the obits for the safeties, Poyer and Hyde, but that, that wasn't pretty against Pittsburgh on that Jalen Warren 62-yard touchdown. It just was kind of a sign that this is probably the last hurrah for that core group as a defense. I mean, Tyler, I actually think they're going to play at a high level, the safeties. I'm expecting them to play, when I say at a high level, at a level good enough to play at the Super Bowl caliber they expect that this defense has played at. I don't think they would be – that's what I mean. I think that this is their one last shot. You know, hey, we're going all, you know, not that they're going all in, but they know Von Miller, come on, how much more is he going to have? I mean, this is it. And and they need him, to your point. I think they need I, him. I, and I think them moving on from Basham to another, re- I mean, all this is going to get dissected more heavily if they do not make the Super Bowl, correct? Or if, Or maybe that's a little too much. But if things don't go well on defense... That's the story where that's where, you know, I'm betting on the Bills playing outstanding on defense. Right, because it's offensively Trent Shurfield, Deontay Hardy. I love Gabe Davis this season. I think Gabe Davis is going to be a. Not even. I'm with you. Offense will be fine. I think loaded. I I think it's Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. You know, it's all they're going to be fighting for Lions. They'll be fighting for best offense. Here's the other thing that we should point out too is it's not like so this AFC is loaded at quarterback. I think we all recognize that it's in a different weight class (laughs) in comparison to the NFC. But when you really do look at the defenses, Jim, even if the Bills do have some legitimate concerns on defense, so do those other teams with juggernaut offenses, right? Chris Jones isn't even in Kansas city as we record this. He's, or he's, he's not on the roster yet. He's still holding out. It's their best right. player. It's their best yeah, player. Him. Hey, Detroit, absolutely Detroit right away. Detroit opening night. No, Chris Jones. Jacksonville hey. wasn't able to draft or sign anybody to what was a middle of the road to not great defense. And I like Jacksonville a lot. Like the better defenses in the AFC have like Mac Jones at quarterback, right? It's, I think the bills might be able 
to, to try to turn these games into shootouts and still win these games with their issues on defense. Well, so who do you? What's your AFC East prediction then? I went. I went hard on the Bills. I mean, we don't have to go that crazy. You know, we went dead in depth there on the Bills because I know we spend time on them. I didn't. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I feel like you feel like I know where you. I think I know where you're going to go. But go ahead. I think it's going to come down to the last week, or the second to last week with Miami. Miami, yeah, and right. it comes with a caveat of of entry. I think at this point, most people would be almost surprised if Tua Tunga Viola can get through an entire season healthy. Um, not just because of the concussions, too. I mean, he's had a lot of injury issues. Just some quarterbacks and some players, the way their their, their bodies are built, it's, it's harder for them to withstand the rigors of a season. But I think my one outlandish prediction for this season is going to be that Tua just stays healthy all season. <laughs> and not only that, that Mike McDaniel figures out a counterpunch. We've gotten into it, but that Chargers game was a turning point where you saw Brandon Staley and the Chargers kind of uh, put out a blueprint. Like if you take away that first read that Tua has, it's tougher for him to kind of get to that next read, to dissect the field with a little more complexity. They never were really able to get that running game going, and they're kind of running it back. Raheem Mostert is starting again. Um, they drafted a chain, you know, Jeff Wilson's on IR. So we'll see what happens in that backfield. I just think that Mike McDaniel is brilliant and he'll figure it out. You give him six and a half months to really study these defenses and to work with Tua. Remember last off season was their first off season together. We, we wrote about it at length at the site where man, Tua was able to gain distance on his long ball over the off season and he's learning a new scheme and he's throwing to Tyree kill for the first time. I mean, it's imagine trying to gain timing with Tyree kill down the field with his speed. So I, I think that's only going to get better that rapport. And I just think schematically they're going to figure something out in the passing game. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not going to pretend to know what it is. I just think that McDaniel is unbelievably smart and gets his guys and is going to get the most out of them. So I'm not similar to the bills, right? I'm not that worried about their offense. I think they'll put up points. And then I think the defense with Vic Fangio is, is going to take a huge step. I think I have more confidence in Miami's defense than Buffalo's defense, given the fact that maybe it is about money in the sense, right? They were able to go get David long and Jalen Ramsey you still have the core of Javon Holland, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, like I mentioned. They, they they can run and they're violent. You know, Ramsey's got the injury. But you know Vic Fangio pretty well, I would think, right? I mean, he was in the league. I mean, your your Saints faced his 49ers in a in an epic battle once upon a time. Uh he's one of the better defensive coaches top five, maybe top three with that kind of talent. I, I think that he's going to figure it out and I, you know, figure it out. It's kind of vague. I don't think you just stop Josh Allen, but I think he'll be able to confuse the bills and confuse Josh Allen just enough to force maybe just a couple turnovers. They get Tua and McDaniel, a couple key possessions and they'll at least split the season series. So 
I don't know. I guess that's my long-winded way of saying I think Miami wins the AFC East, Jim. No, and I was going to tell you, I'm not going to argue. I think Bills, Miami, all that, it's, you know, my, like I said, I just feel like the Bills are going to do it. But, yes, that Miami team is locked and loaded. Do we even want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? No, uh, next division. No, it's up to hey, you. Good. You tell me. No, yeah, no, I'm going to talk I'm about the. Let's talk list. AFC North. Ah, uh, man, this is the best division in football, I think, top to bottom. Yeah, it's tough. I got to think about that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to argue because I know it is. I got to think if there's another one. Rogers, so Josh Bur- Allen, that division we just talked about. <laughs> I mean, we didn't talk about the Jets and Patriots, but when you do have Patriots, are going to have a top five defense and the jets have a top five, 10 defense with Aaron Rodgers. that division's loaded. So I don't want to, I don't want to just, I'm just over Aaron Rodgers. I'm kind of with you. I just don't think the jets are going to be good enough to beat Miami and Buffalo. Did you there see you his, his quote about having a dream and wanting to stay inside that dream <laughs> and never wanting yeah. to escape that dream with the jets? Yeah. It's yeah. Well, I can't wait for hey, the season. His- in, in his defense, though, I think we've all kind of had that moment. Every once in a while, I'm dreaming of our uh, El Lucaville Eagles playing Randolph again, you know, at a Ralph Wilson Stadium and winning this time my senior year of high school. And I don't, I don't want to wake up from that. I want to stay in that dream and win the game this time around. <laughs> yeah, it was, it yeah. was, uh, it was out there. But yeah, the, it, you know, the honeymoon period it does come to a close. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets won that game though Monday night. Oh no! I wouldn't be surprised I. if the Jets won, but then the Jets crater as the season progresses along. I'm telling you, Tyler. I feel like every year we do these predictions, but if we really revisit what we predict and say, I, I don't even know. I, I'm talking about you and I. I'm talking about everybody that does it. Yeah. In the AFC North. Joe Burrow, the poor guy, every season, there's something. Apodectomies, calf strains, COVID, recovering from an ACL. I mean, I think every single season he's been in the NFL. I kind of jumped around there. He really hasn't been able to start and play a whole training camp and go into the season guns a-blazing. I mean, this calf injury, just seeing it with Aaron Rodgers up close, these things can recur and pop up again and you don't want to rush back but they seem really confident in his recovery where he's at physically sounds like he's good to go does it matter that he missed basically all the camp to you does that miss time matter when it comes to offensive timing and rhythm and just because but look i know you're shaking your head but that first game last year he had like five interceptions against Pittsburgh. It was it was brutal. I'm smiling because the Bengals have not been fast, you know, quick starters with Burrow. That that they just have not been. So I'm not expecting a fast start from Cincy, even if he was healthy. For some reason, it, it's been taking them a little bit to kind of just get rolling. But no, I don't think it's gonna. I'm with you. The more I love this division, though. Um, yeah, go ahead. So I like Cincinnati still. Right. Okay. Orlando Brown. 
huge addition, literally, figuratively. If you look at how their seasons have ended the last two years, Super Bowl, Aaron Donald destroying Quentin Spain, right? I mean, if, if, if Joe Burrow has a split second, a half of a second, he there's a really good chance he finds Jamar Chase wide open downfield because Jalen Ramsey fell down. And it's an all-time Super Bowl moment. But the line breaks down. Aaron Donald gets to him, kind of lassos him around, and he's got to throw it away. Last season, Chris Jones moves out to defensive end, gets to Joe Burrow, sacks him, third down. They get the ball back. And with an assist from Joseph Asai, who was having a hell of a game for Cincinnati. It's kind of sad when you think about it. Osai was. Uh, he dings Bur- er, Burrow. He dings Mahomes out of bounds. Field goal. So the offensive line, if if it's better theoretically, and you can hold up a little bit longer in the playoffs, this is a team that should be in the Super Bowl. Should be competing for Super Bowls yeah. because nothing else has changed. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They lose Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, and for him, that's not that big of a change. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon. Now, who's the number two back? Because they had Samaje P. Ryan last year, who did well when he was in for Mixon. And these defenses are kind of sitting back in that two deep shell. Maybe it's Chase Brown out of Illinois. I, I still like Cincinnati. I think that they might even start the same way that they did last year. Maybe they even start two and three, two and four. I just think the season is so long with the added game and an added playoff team. Pretty much any team in the NFL can kind of go through a hard month and have enough time to get it together, get into the playoffs, and and be hot and healthy when it matters most. I mean, even the Rams two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, I don't think they won a game for an entire month, right? Like uh, in November, you know, Matthew Stafford throwing a pick six at Lambeau Field. I remember thinking right then, yeah, the Rams are done. So uh, even if the the Bengals start slow, Burrow's too good. Chase is too good. The defense still has dudes that that, that are playmakers. Mike Hilton in that divisional playoff game, man, he was unbelievable. Lou Anarumo is still calling the shots defensively. As loaded as this this division is, and and we can get to these other teams, I think you still start with Cincinnati. And the fact that Burrow... A quarterback has got to be so much more of a headache to defend than even Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. If I if I if I'm Mike Tomlin, because I kind of like Pittsburgh second most in that division. I, I really like Pittsburgh because he beats you with his mind. I it, I, I love the the fact that Baltimore is is bringing in Todd Munkin and they should diversify that passing game and they draft Zay Flowers, they sign OBJ. For a little too much money, probably. The passing game will be better, but the way that Burrow thinks through a game is diabolical. Completed passes to what, like seven different receivers in the first quarter alone against the Bills? It's like, okay, you want to sit back eight, nine yards? I'll just kill you with a thousand paper cuts. Yet he also can go deep any given moment. Like when he's got that shot to, to go for the haymaker, he'll take it, he'll make it. It see it does seem redundant to just praise 
Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, but there's a reason for it. Like th these are special, special quarterbacks that it, it almost makes you respect Mahomes even more. If he keeps winning Super Bowls with as elite quarterback play as we see out there, it's man, that's impressive. So this division, it, it's just the Bengals. It's hard for me to go against them as well with Burrow. It's all Burrow for me. I'm with you. I don't know what it is until I can see him. Okay, let's let me stop. The team that I think that can beat a Burrow is a Steelers. So this is pretty boring because you and I are in agreement because of that defense. They are built to get to the quarterback. I, I just that's what they're building. They're building to beat Lamar, Burrow, Watson, like. And who better to do it than the best player maybe in the NFL on defense, T.J. Watt, a coach who, I mean, the, the track record we know, Tomlin on defense. I'm, that's the team I'm paying attention to is the Steelers. Real quick on the Bengals, their backup running backs. It's like it's a, Trayvon Williams, who they drafted from Texas A&M, and then two other players um, that they drafted as well. What my point of this, which is really cool, Trayvon Williams, Chase Brown, Chris Evans. They're all drafted by the Bengals. I love that. Like that's yeah. home. You know what I mean? That's like that that's that's a sign of a solid franchise to me. Like year in, year out, sustained success, drafting well, keeping your players. All right, but Steelers to me on defense, they're the wild card because they can get they have enough elite talent Fitzpatrick as well to affect Burrow Lamar Watson do the other teams have enough to beat you know Burrow knows that's my I don't know if they're good enough to beat Burrow other than the Steelers on defense Kenny Pickett Kenny Pickett I I'm can't wait had to a see little how time with him this this past week we, we sat yes. down and, and chatted for whatever it was, 40, 45 minutes. Uh, we'll have a story at go long later this week. It will be our, one of our last uh, season preview features, but put on 15 pounds of muscle. And the question with Kenny Pickett, his entire life, Jim has been okay. Like how much better does it really get here? You're kind of this uh, prototypical, pocket passer, pale white, blue collar, New Jersey quarterback who did, you know, he had these private school offers, but you just kind of stayed with your buddies and played. How good are you really? And it pisses him off. He was unbelievably open on his own rise from obscurity, really. I mean, his growth spurt was so late in high school that it kind of took a while for colleges to even notice him. UConn didn't even really want to wait for him to bring his mom on a visit. Then Temple was his loan offer for a while. He gets to Pitt, his third, fourth string, has an epic game against number two Miami. And, and really, I mean, it, it still took a full four seasons there at Pitt to kind of turn that corner because if he were to come out a year early, he was being told he was a six-round guy who really wasn't going to get any better, that his ceiling was only so high. But at every step, he did kind of raise his own ceiling and he did it his way with a borderline cockiness 
that he leans into. He doesn't really shy from. He's he's got some swag to him. He's got you can see why Mike Tomlin and the Steelers love his character and his attitude because I think if you're quarterback for the Steelers stepping into Ben Roethlisberger's shadow like that, like you you just you 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 can't be sheepish and meek and intimidated, and and he's not, and he's he's bigger, noticeably stronger. Preseason games are what they are, but he was lights out, right? Five drives, five touchdowns, and he's got weapons all over the place. Uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren at running back, and, and probably most important, the offensive line. We talk so much about just terrible offensive line play throughout the NFL. I really like the Steelers line to take a guard straight from the Jeff Stoutland school of offensive linemen to drafting a tackle in the first round. I think he's going to have the time he needs to think quickly. And, and he's not necessarily Joe Burrow, but I think he thinks through the game, thinks through his progressions at, at a level that does kind of behoove his age, like years ahead of schedule. And what happened in these fourth quarters when He's down. He needs a drive. He's facing third and longs, facing fourth downs. We all kind of just forgot about the Steelers because they started, what, two and seven, two and six? They started so poorly. I feel like most of the country just kind of wrote them off. And all Pickett did was have a ton of fourth quarter comebacks. There's something to that. I think they're right there behind Cincinnati. I'm going to give the Steelers 10 wins. I think that they get into the playoffs and the future looks really, really bright for them beyond this season. Agree on everything you said with the Steelers. And we talked about it for the loyal listeners last year. We, you know, we, we talked about Pickett coming on. We saw the progression with the moment was never too big for him early when he first got in. And then you saw the success at the end. They were just so injured on defense. They weren't, they were a team nobody really wanted to play in the playoffs. So, yeah, this is going to be a – if you combine Pickett taking that progression that a year or two quarterback will take with that elite defense, you are – that's a recipe for a Super Bowl. What do we talk about the four things? I mean, ownership, GM, head coach synced up. If Pickett's the guy, Steelers are a Super Bowl contender. Alex Highsmith opposite T.J. Watt. Minka Fitzpatrick is still there in his prime. Wanted to ask you, did Pickett get married this offseason? Yeah, yeah. And you said he gained 15 pounds of muscle? <laughs> I just, just want to make sure. All right, anyway. Um, but I do I do think the Steelers, I'm with you. Like, that's, that's a boring one for everybody. But that division, these first two divisions, we east, north, I don't see any weeks off for anybody. Like, there's just no such thing. I, I kind of love the dynamic in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky, where at this time last year, Trubisky's the starter. They, they signed Trubisky before they drafted Pickett. It's his team. He's he's going into this like his next big chance after a year in Buffalo to take over a team, take over an offense. And then Mason Rudolph is the number two. Pickett's the number three. So that dynamic in the locker room, it had to have been awkward because everybody knows that all right, Pickett's the first round pick. He's going to see the field at some point. And then Trubisky starts and struggles. It's ugly. How much of it is him? How much of it is 
Matt Canada and the plays being called. And then you fast forward a year and they just seem like best buds. Like their wives are friends. They're, they're hanging out all the time. I'm, I'm interviewing Kenny Pickett in the locker room. Trubisky comes over and gives me hell for talking to him for so long. And cause I knew Trubisky actually from the bleacher report days doing some stories there. It just is. I'm always kind of fascinated by just uh, in, in the locker room relationships because it's, there's personal and there's professional where Trubisky's got to be thinking, man, this is my shot to reclaim my reputation, take over a team. It, it doesn't work out, but he sticks around. Like at some point he had to think, okay, it didn't work out, but I like it here. I could have a Chase Daniel like career as a backup, make a lot of money, have a lot of fun, jump into a game from time to time. And, and him and Pickett are tight. So Kind of a neat thing. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how, you know, Hey, everybody has a plan until the bell dings and you, and you've got to get out there. I just think that Pickett is probably the quarterback out of all of those quarterbacks outside of Mahomes and Allen burrow throw Lawrence in there. I think Pickett has the best chance of kind of forcing his way into that conversation. Before we move on though, Jim, I mean, we, Lamar, any thoughts on Lamar and the Ravens? Because I think we both like what they did in the offseason, paying him what he deserves yeah. and yeah. getting a different offensive coordinator, getting him weapons. And as much as we like all of that that they did, they could finish third in the division. They could finish fourth in the, in the division after all it's, of that, which is crazy. It's crazy. But three teams certainly could make it. I mean, and they – once again, uh, yes, we're not talking. Yeah, they're good enough to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion, too, because of Lamar. But there's so much unknown with them with this new offense that for me to go out there and really speak and say, I think they can do this. And I need to I, I will need to watch them a little bit just to see what they look like if it looks different than when Greg Roman was there. Well, we're obviously going to be uh, splitting the, the these podcasts up in the AFC and, and NFC because yeah. I don't want to rush anything here. I hear you. I was going to say we weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I, AFC I South. We don't have Jaguars and everybody right. else. Yep. Vrabel and the Titans. Do they? Yes. I mean, they're not just going to lay down and die. I mean, he, he'd never Agreed. allow Tough. that as a coach. Yep. Very similar to funny how Vrabel's team is starting to, to me, look like a team that he kind of learned from and played for. I mean, they're going to have, they're going to be tough on defense. They're going to run the football. The quarterback is as average as it gets. You know, not gonna not gonna take you to the next level. That would be the difference. Where Vrabel, Belichick, Tom Brady did a lot, and Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill are not. So that to me is what's preventing them from getting over that hump in the AFC for the Titans is the quarterback. It it is hard to really talk. You can talk yourself into a lot of teams. All off season long. I think it's been hard to do that with the Titans, but they're tough. They're not, they, they aren't going to be bad. Like they'll, they'll be, yeah, they'll be I good. Agree. They're tough. I agree. Jacksonville's offense. So, I mean, oh, Calvin Ridley, yeah. by that's going to be, that's been spectacular. Yeah. Yep. Ridley is going to be the one, certainly an X clip phenom, but we know he was before X clips. He was a phenom before the injury. So, or suspension. So, um, 
big Ridley. I that that division, Jacksonville, right off the bat, week one, Jacksonville in Indy. Boy, the unknown the of the greatest Colts. rookie we've ever seen, the unknown of Richardson. You know, we've got to save that podcast. No, for, we're going to uh, save. We're so save. When, when, when Anthony Richardson just takes the NFL by a storm, we're going to resurface all those Tebow sound bites from Jim. Well, just we have nudge a, those off into the atmosphere. We have somebody that we need to get on the show um, who totally agrees with you and against me. Um, who studied and he had a take on Richardson that I have not really heard or thought about. And it's, it's, it's something to pay attention to. We'll talk about it. I'll, we'll talk about this guy to have on the show, but yeah, definitely interesting. All right. Jacksonville though, that team is built to get to the playoffs, win their division for sure. Can they, does Lawrence Ridley, are they special enough to go against Burrow, Mahomes, Lamar, Josh. <laughs> I mean, we keep going back to the, I mean, it's always going to be, can you get through that wall of greatness? Can Trevor get to that through that wall? I don't think that there's a, another team in the AFC with four better receiving options than Jacksonville. Maybe, maybe the whole NFL. When you go Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, they're loaded. I mean, they, they did all that on offense last year without a true number one. I mean, Ridley could be that X that just evokes fear. I mean, he, the last time we saw Calvin Ridley, he was a, an ascending star. There's a reason Devontae Adams, when he was asked for his top five receivers, he, he put Ridley fourth, I think, um, which is nuts because Kirk justified his contract. Zay Jones did too. Read about his surreal life at the site. I mean, five years ago, he's trying to throw himself out of a window, 50 floors high, 30 floors high. Unbelievable. Evan Ingram, he's turned his life, turned his career around when it looked like he was a bust at one point with the Giants. If I if I were to nitpick the Jaguars offensive line, because they're going to be without Cam Robinson for four games, I believe. So you're reshuffling up there a little bit. I think we kind of have to come back to the point we made earlier on the Bengals. So you can kind of go through a rough stretch mm -hmm. in a 17 game schedule with an extra playoff team admitted, even if the line is so, so they'll, they'll they've got the talent to compensate for it. Travis Etienne at running back, by the way, tank Bigsby be fun to see what his role is. I think they'll be okay. And in, in, in the division, it's a got the, we didn't even mention the Texans. They're not going to compete anytime soon. The Colts around Anthony Richardson. I was really excited for Anthony Richardson, but that was with Jonathan Taylor working that RPO game with him a little bit. That kind of stinks that we're not going to see that anytime soon. Tyler, Tyler Jacksonville's going to run away with the division. What rookie quarterback would need one of the best running backs? In the NFL, I mean, who would ever want? Who would want? Who would want to help the rookie quarterback out a little bit? I, that whole thing stinks. Stinks for Richardson, Colts fans. Number one, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it does with you on Jacksonville? With you. And then we get to the AFC West, where Patrick Mahomes, 
Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. We think Chris Jones at one point. Probably win the division. Probably host an AFC Championship game. Again, feels automatic at this point. But the Chargers are going to be interesting. Granted, they always kind of charge their seasons away in soul-sucking fashion. I love the Kellen Moore hire, though. We, we really haven't discussed the Chargers much this offseason, Jim, but what did you make of that where in Dallas, as Jerry Jones does from time to time, people get scapegoated and excuses get made, and he doesn't want to fire Mike McCarthy quite yet. So Mike McCarthy whacks a bunch of coaches, including Kellen Moore. And, and he kind of, it was, it was really patronizing the, the comment he made at the combine down the lines of, Hey, I was in Kellen's position once. And you know, he just want to score all these points. You just want to move the ball all over the place. And I learned you got to take some pressure off of your defense and we're going to run the damn ball. Okay. Like, let's see how that plays out for you, Mike and the Dallas Cowboys, because I think Kellen Moore was a driving force in the success of that offense, not a detriment. Dak Prescott had stretches where he was dealing. I mean, the ball is just flying off his hand. He's seeing the whole field. He's in the cockpit. He's in command. I'm not there day in, day, day in and day out. I feel like a lot of that had to do with a comfortability with Kellen Moore more than anything Mike McCarthy was doing and anything else that could be doing offensively. He, he doesn't strike me as the problem there. And then it's crazy to think that Justin Herbert's done what he's done statistically at this point of his career. With blah coaching, I mean, you've we like that Brandon Staley was saying for a while on going for it with these fourth downs, probably took it to the extreme <laughs> eventually. Uh, but he's bold, he thinks outside the box. I, I appreciate all that, but he's still a defensive coach. And Joe Lombardi was running the offense and it never really evolved, it never they became stagnant at the worst possible times and had what the fourth worst collapse in NFL history against the Jaguars in the playoffs. Your thoughts on Kellen Moore? Only know of studying, you know, studying the Cowboys success. Don't know, never worked with him, but only hear positive things. The stats say that that was a hell of a team with Kellen Moore and Dak. I mean, so to your point, risky by Dallas, I guess. Um, to but replace him I with Brian Schottenheimer. Well, and That's... I think great move for, yes, to go back to the Chargers point. Yeah, love it. Love it for Herbert. Um, and once again, it's real simple. All the talent, can he get through the wall? Can the coach, is it going to be the, the combination of new Kellen Moore, hopefully healthy? You talked about that. Health is going to be big. One team I'm paying attention to, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Raiders. Are you shocked? Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to drop a Las Vegas here, Raiders take. Not, not that they're going to be here. I just don't think they're doormats. Let's just go with that. Is that fair? If I can just leave it at they're not doormats. Just pay. Let's just, I'll leave it at that. That's a team That's I'm paying fair. attention to. Wink, wink. Then I'm paying attention to. Early in the season, let's just say I, I think they're going to surprise some people early. 
I thought it was interesting that Jimmy Garoppolo took a little bit of a shot at the at the 49ers. A justifiable I like, shot. I like I felt I'm like saying Garoppolo, that there's a lot of weird, yeah. a lot of weird things out there, a lot of weird situations out there. Yes. If it's almost like he's finally like, I'm over this. I'm tired of being, I was jerked around by that franchise. Like he in his, you know, you have to remember, he feels like he was good enough to win a Super Bowl with them. And regardless of how we always, you know, I've always, I feel like I've always defended Garoppolo. I feel like I know what he is as a player and I like it. Um, and I don't think he's elite. But when you surround him with an elite running back, Josh Jacobs, an elite receiver, Devontae Adams, I'm intrigued. Is Josh McDaniels ever going to do anything? I mean, it's, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I almost feel like maybe he will. Maybe he and Garoppolo have this thing that maybe we'll see it this year. I, I don't, that's the team I'm paying attention to. As a, as a team, you were talking about teams that might sneak up. Just there's something about that team that I just feel like has a combination of talent, toughness, uh, some veteran guy. You know, I, I'm just going to watch them. I still can't get that New England assistant coach thing out of my head. These guys go elsewhere and it doesn't pan out. Even Brian Flores, who's a damn good defensive coach, had had problems relating to Tua, to a lot of guys in that locker room. Um, The relationships just weren't there. And it came to a head in that Titans game toward the end of that 2021 season. You hear the same kind of stuff with Josh McDaniels, that his team meetings are, are are ruthless. And with the younger player, that's not always the best tack to take. We'll and see. I'm with you. Smart, hey, he's a smart offensive coach. There's a reason that it worked point, as long as it did. 100% Tom Brady. with you. At some point, let's see these guys do something. Like uh, You're getting chances as a head coach. A lot of guys don't get second chances, whatever it is. I. Let's let's see it now. I think there's some elite talent there, though, to pay attention to. Let me just ask you this, too. On the Chargers, they kind of remind me of, just as an organization, um, your New Orleans Saints, in that the Saints were just so bad for so long. It was, it, it was hard to maybe just get rid of that feeling in your head, like, oh, something, something is bound to go haywire here. Uh, just or organizationally, like something seeps within the pores of your franchise over the course of the seventies and eighties and nineties and two thousands. It's like, man, we, we, we got to bust through. Like we've got to win one of these big games, big playoff games, have a moment. And now we can just kind of play the Chargers feel like a team at that place where for forever, they've just been, a, a team you expect something to go wrong in the worst possible way. And it does. It's like, it's like a demonic presence in the building and they've got all the talent. Justin Herbert is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now. And he deserves it. What does it take? Like how, how did, how did you guys, when you were with the saints, like what was that moment? It, it felt like, okay, no, like we, we are, we're the top dog. And we're we're not afraid anymore. Like <laughs> your Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone screaming that you're not afraid anymore. Like it's okay. Let's, let's not panic. So Tyler, I completely do agree with your take a little bit with the, what the Chargers are going through with the Saints and how you feel like you can become top dog and be there every year. You just have to do it. 
It takes that one time. We did it in 2006 out of nowhere. And we believed every year after that. We didn't have success every year after that. It was hard. But we kept fighting because we knew we had the quarterback. We knew we had the coach. We believed. They know it. They just have to have that one moment. I think we've talked about moments. Have that one, that big signature win in the playoffs. Knock out a Joe Burrow. Knock out a Josh Allen. Whoever it is. And that's when that's when I don't think that belief stops because you, you've done it. But I think you have to see it first. Justin Herbert is, is talented enough. Oh, no to question. Be, to be a quarterback who is in AFC championship games year in and year out. That's such a great point. It just takes that one game. It's not going to be a regular season moment at Arrowhead. He already had one of those. It's going to be, you know, we grew up watching Brett Favre and the Packers. It's, it's like Favre at Candlestick beating Steve Young and the Niners the year after they won the Super Bowl. That that kind of stuff. Like if, if he does it in the playoffs against an Allen, against a Burrow, against a Mahomes, then you can think about the Chargers in a different way. Until then, I'm still going Chiefs, Chargers, then your Raiders, Jim Onis's Raiders, as they will be referred to this point forward. I still agree with your I agree with your order. I still would go that order. I have the Raiders third. I think Tyler, after this episode, I think I have 13 AFC teams making the playoffs. So Sounds I got to regroup. Right. <laughs> don't don't give the owners and Goodell any ideas, right? They already want everybody making the playoffs. I just think the Raiders are going to be one of those home. teams that, yeah, I just think they're going to. You have to show up to. They're not. They're not as like they need to be discussed. That's all. I like it. This is a very workmanlike business-like podcast we had to kind of work through the divisions and we'll do the same thing with the nfc next time we ding record so unless you got anything else jim any more field goals down 42 nothing oh we're gonna be tracking that all year and hey your syracuse uh they covered they were giving 40 and a half wow 40 and a half it does make Appalachian State beating Michigan like that much more impressive when you just see all of these small schools getting absolutely destroyed. Like when it does happen, it, it makes it that much sweeter. But I don't really know when we're going to see that again. No, it's going away fast. The NCAA, all that. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening, subscribing, reading, and sharing. A lot to announce. Actually, you probably have, are, are already seeing the announcements right now on the site if you're listening to this. So, uh, yes, can't wait to share. Thank you so much for subscribing, for sharing. We'll catch you next time.